Welcome to Storytime with Uncle Reddit, a podcast where I read some of the best posts from across Reddit and around the web. Each episode is a collection of funny content that includes subjects like tales from tech support, entitled parents, choosing beggars, pro-revenge, and more. Today's episode is all about tales from tech support. Want to see my camera roll? Sure. Hope it won't make you sick. I was riding a train and playing on my phone. I must have held it suspiciously because the dude across from me suddenly told me to stop taking pictures of him. I wasn't, and I told him so. He didn't believe me. It went back and forth, him demanding to delete the pictures, me insisting there weren't any pictures of him to delete. Then he said, okay, show me the camera roll. And I swear, if one of those pictures is of me. And I said, you definitely don't want to see this. He said, nice try, but it won't work. Show me or I'll call the train personnel. Okay, sir, if you really insist. See, I was traveling back from a festival, and I had lost one of my toenails after being barefoot in the mosh pit. Smart move, I know. And had taken a pic of my empty, slightly mangled nail bed. I even clicked it in in order to enlarge it. Well, let's just say he wasn't pleased. He didn't throw up or anything, but looked pretty disgusted and didn't say anything, and avoided my gaze for the rest of the ride. Edit. Only one person called BS, but if anyone else is interested, I can show you my mangled toe. Lol. I didn't save the original pic, but I have one I took a few days after to show friends the carnage. I had painted my toenails in order to hide it, but it's still quite prominent. I'm not sure why this would be something people couldn't believe. There are people all the time in public that accuse people of taking pictures or video of them and get all upset. Here in the US, if you're out in public, they can get upset at you all day long for taking pictures and video, but if you're in public, there's no expectation of privacy. You can take video, audio, sometimes you gotta be careful with, but most of the time you're at a distance. Um, so yeah, it is what it is, guys. Believe it or don't, but I'm not going to make a fuss of it. It was a cool story anyway. Opening duty should only take 30 minutes. Got it. Been almost a year since I quit, but I used to work at PetSmart. Over a couple years, I worked my way up to the pet care department. Anyone who works there knows that title's a joke. Part of the duties in pet care were opening and or closing, depending on when you came in. I was the morning person, so I opened. Most stores had a lot to do. You would have cats, guinea pigs, hamsters, gerbils, finches, parrots, parakeets, geckos, bearded dragons, <sighs> animals, anoles, chameleons, and an entire wall of fish, plus the animals that were sick and in quarantine, plus the new arrivals in their own quarantine. All those would need to be fed, watered, and medicated, if necessary. Plus you had to do a deep clean of certain habitats on specific days of the week. Corporate policy was opening duties would take only 30 minutes. Unreasonable is the kindest thing to call that. I had one boss who understood that wasn't feasible with the number of animals we had, so she didn't care if we took longer, so long as it got done. But the pressure from corporate over the other BS made her leave, and so we got a new boss. He did what new management likes to do and started implementing changes. One of them was cracking down on the time we spent opening the pet care area. When we tried to explain that by opening the store with only two people, one person stocking shelves and doing manager duties, it wasn't possible. But he insisted that corporate knew what they were talking about and we were being lazy, and if we didn't want to write up, we would do better. Okay. I wasn't going to neglect the animals, naturally, but I didn't want to be written up, so in order to crunch, I skimped on the most visible and time-consuming task, cleaning. Stinky bedding was scattered on the sales floor by the display cages and piled in a corner in the back room outside the quarantine areas. The cart we used for the food and water was a mess as well, covered in water spills and open containers of freeze-dried bugs left sitting out in the open. 
None of the glass for the display cages were cleaned either, covered in smudges both animal and human-based. Boss wasn't happy when he came in at 9 and saw the pet care area in this state, but my manager confirmed that I completed my work in 30 minutes, although he threatened to write me up if I pulled this stunt again. I wasn't bothered about the time it took to complete my opening duties after that. I left two months after the new boss arrived and no longer work in pet retail hell. I hear my old store is still struggling with being understaffed. Yeah, I don't understand. I, I mean, most corporations, they do studies and they, they really tend to be good at figuring out processes and systems and getting things down to a certain time. I mean, McDonald's is one of the pioneering companies to do this. How long does it take to do this to get to here? And that's why they set up their restaurants in a certain pattern to make everything as efficient as possible. But there's a lot of corporations out there who have no idea how long something actually takes to do. Or it's a standard based on, you know, one of their smaller stores from when they first started their chains. And it's just a holdover or something. But yeah, I, I don't understand how they think everything's only going to take 30 minutes. That's ridiculous. Business owner doesn't know maths. I sell baked goods to a local coffee shop. I've been doing it for over a year. They recently got a new owner and they're trying to make some changes. The new owner has made some questionable choices already, but it's really none of my business. I just show up a few times a week and drop off various items for them to sell. At the end of the week I drop off an invoice and they pay me. All is well. For a while I was bringing a cake each week. Each cake is pre-sliced so the staff has no work to do. A couple of relevant details. One, the cakes always sell out. Two, the cakes have the highest margin for her. I sell her a cake that is 12 servings for $40. She sells it for $5.25 a slice. So she makes about $1.90 per serving. Most of the other items she's only making 85 cents to $1 per serving. Recently, the new owner tells me to stop bringing cakes. She says they're too expensive. So instead, I've been bringing cupcakes. They sell for $4 a piece and I bring 12 of them. I charge her $3.15 each. Now she only makes 85 cents a serving. No cakes though, so she's happy. Yeah, sometimes when you're new at that kind of stuff, it's hard to see the forest through the trees. Yeah, the cake looks like a big investment on the surface, but if you break it down like OP did, okay, your margins are higher for the cake. So at the same time, uh, I'm kind of questioning the margins there. Um, it seems like OP's charging a bit much for some of her baked goods as far as a uh, consignment or wholesale deal, but I don't know. Normally in retail, you're buying for wholesale prices, although they're only buying a few pieces, so I guess it's not too bad, but honestly, I'd want to buy a little more if I could, if I knew I could sell them and uh, pay cash up front and pay a little bit less. Um, I mean, I know you may not be able to buy them for half price, but generally speaking, in small business, I buy things for 50% of what the retail is going to be. So 60, 60% is usually my tops. Warehouse club doesn't price match their own sales flyer or so they say back in mid October, 2019, I purchased a new Microsoft surface pro seven from a warehouse club known for great food samples. Awesome computer still works just as great to this day. When the sales flyer came out for November, my new computer was going to be on sale for $200 off the purchase price. Sweet! I've still got the receipt, I'll just get $200 back. I go into customer service with my receipt and the flyer. The customer service rep looks at them, looks it up in the computer and says she can't do it. I'm a little surprised. 
I've had the computer for two weeks. The rep asks their manager to come over who explains to me that due to fraud issues they've had, they can't price match their flyer. The manager states that he can process a return for the item. I tell him that I really don't want to return the item because 1. All my personal info is now stored on it. And 2. It's a waste for the company to have to take back my used computer and sell me a new one at the lower price. I explain this to the manager but tell him for 200 bucks I'm not going to just let this go without a resolution. He reiterates I can process a return for a laptop. He really emphasized the A and didn't say your. The light bulb goes off. I look at my receipt and realize that they do not track serial numbers with purchases. I thank the manager for his time and walk inside the store. I get an exact duplicate of my new computer and purchase it for $200 less than what I originally paid. Then I take the new unwrapped computer and get back in the return line. I get a different rep altogether and tell her I'd like to return this laptop. I hand her the unit I just purchased with my receipt for the more expensive computer. She looks it up and realizes that I bought two of the computers, including one just minutes before. She calls over the manager who looks at me, nods, smiles, and processes the return for the higher priced computer. I got a refund for the more expensive price, didn't have to turn in my computer with personal information, and because I never opened the new one, the company didn't get screwed out of a new computer and was able to put it right back into their new stock. That is genius, and uh, kudos to the manager for telling you without exactly telling you what to do. Man, my allergies. Holy cow. No, I'm not crying yet. But, uh, man, I got some issues going on over here. And no, it's not pink eye. Don't help customers before I'm done with a task. Sure. So about 10 years ago, I worked at a supermarket. Was working there for half a year or so already. Now I'm one of those people that remembers exactly where stuff is and can direct people there the fastest way possible. Customers at one point started to recognize me and come to me when they wanted to find something because, well, I was the fastest to help and also the most eager and friendly according to customer reports. One day I was working the same evening shift I always work, but there was a different floor manager who was either new or didn't work that shift before and doesn't know who I am. She seemed friendly at the start, but at one point I figured out she was really controlling and constantly checking what the employees were doing. So I was filling a rack with new products. When you're done, you're supposed to straighten them and put everything... FIFO order. First in, first out. Sorry, I forgot what that meant. While I got done with the filling, I wasn't done with the FIFOing yet when a customer came to me and asked where a certain product was. I helped him get it and was maybe gone for less than a minute. Got back to where I was working and got an angry FM in my face that I should finish the rack before I go on to do different stuff. Tried to explain I was helping a customer, but she wouldn't hear anything of it and I got written up. Cue malicious compliance. Next night, she was there again as the FM, and seeing as it was a slow night, there were only two other fillers there, me and a 16-year-old who started working there three days before. That night, I got one of the largest aisles to fill, so I was quite busy with filling, straightening, and sorting stuff out. Multiple customers came to me to ask for help. I just replied that I'm not allowed to do that by the FM and that they should ask someone else. Two of the customers went to the 16-year-old who didn't know where stuff was, and it took him five minutes trying to figure it out before he asked FM for help. All the others went to the service desk to ask for help, but most of them complained to the FM or the service desk that they thought it was ridiculous that I couldn't help them. Apparently, the store manager got wind of it because a week later the same FM was back, but she told me to help customers whenever I can, and she mostly stayed away from me. The next night, the store manager was there too, and he told me that he explained to her that customers always come first before finishing whatever I'm working on. After that, I never saw her on my shifts again, and apparently she left or was fired. I don't know. A month later, because I heard she didn't work there anymore, 
Also, a store-wide memo was sent out that a new rule would be added to the rulebook. Customers should always come first. Yeah, when I worked for Wally World, I was, I was hired as a bike builder. Now, I don't know if any of you know anything about that chain. Um, whatever you're hired for is just basically a suggestion on paper because they have you doing anything and everything they can get away with. And honestly, I allowed it because I like doing things that are different. I like switching things up, learning new stuff. Uh, within the first week, I knew how to cut keys, mix paint, um, you know, ring up people for tires in the tire and lube center. But it's all because every time they were shorthanded, they'd come pull the bike guy off to go deal with whatever. I also learned very quickly where everything was in the store. And honestly, most Walmarts, you know, once you've been in there five minutes, you know pretty much where everything is, roughly, if you've ever shopped there before. And every so often I would get yelled at for not having the bike rack filled. And I said, well, two problems. One, customers need help. And if you're short-staffed, generally speaking, on a shift, somebody's got to help the customers. If they need to find something, need to ring something up, return something, whatever, they need guidance. Two, if you're pulling me off to do all these other jobs, then you really aren't concerned about that bike rack. So they even tried to have me do maintenance stuff uh, when they have an official maintenance crew. And, uh, well, it was a crew of one, but there was technically two guys. Oh, fix the trash compactor. Well, I knew how to do it, but you're supposed to be trained and certified in that. Uh, you can't even touch a forklift until you're certified on it. You can't touch the electric pallet jack until you're certified on it. Things like that. I did get my certifications for all of it. And then they throw me on the truck and then scream at me two hours later because, again, I wasn't building bikes. Gotta love retail. You want dry scrambled eggs? This is a pretty minor malicious compliance compared to some I've seen on here, but it still gives me a warm glow to remember it over two decades later, so I thought I'd share. In my mid-twenties, I was a cook working for a company that was contracted by another company that was contracted by the Canadian military <laughs> to provide base services at an Air Force training base. Woof. As a result, I had five different bosses with five different agendas, and it sucked. I was told repeatedly that it cost $2 million to train a pilot, and I was to give pilots whatever they wanted. I had this one guy who wanted scrambled eggs every morning, but for whatever reason he became convinced that I was using too much oil and it was going to mess up his fitness regimen, so he started asking me to make his eggs dry. Every morning for about a week I'd use as little oil as possible. He still complained. I realized that he was mistaking the liquid in the eggs for excess oil, but if you cook scrambled eggs so that they're not moist at all, the eggs suck. But after a week of trying to please this guy, I was pretty fed up. So when he said, super condescendingly, that he wanted his eggs completely dry, I decided that's what I'd give him. I whipped the eggs really well, then carefully spread them to paper thin, flipped this gross sheet of eggs, and then folded the sheet into something resembling scrambled eggs, and served him completely dry eggs. He never asked for dry eggs again. I'm not sure I understand what they mean by dry eggs. Um, when I make scrambled eggs... If they're in a nonstick pan, I use just a tiny little bit of butter. Um, if they're not, just a tiny little bit of oil of some sort. Maybe even butter still, but I don't know, man. Um, what do you mean dry? Like you don't want them to have any moisture at all? Is it a texture thing maybe for them? I don't know. Now, I've had some scrambled eggs at some places where they're, um, you know, it feels like some of the eggs, like if you get a serving, it feels like some of the eggs are perfect. And some of them are just basically like snot. Now that I understand. I don't want no snotty parts in my eggs. 
If I want scrambled, I want scrambled. If I want sunny side up, I want sunny side up. You know, runny yolk. If I don't want runny yolk, you know, the drill. You've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.